Hello people, we are on the episode 13th of our podcast, The Eureka Moment. I'm your host, Suchita. Today we have with us the wonderful Manjanath Gora. Why wonderful? Because the startup office is so amazing. It's called Wild Trails and you need to go and check out wildtrails.in to know what Wild Trails is all about. Of course, it's about adventure and passion and photography and chasing wild life. Manjanath is a full-stack serial entrepreneur and he's got three decades of experience into startups and wonderfully he has sort of shared the experience in terms of what and how and where the startups stand at the moment. He's a hardcore geek. He's big into wildlife. He loves the language of the cats and the pythons and I think he's still trying to dissect them and he's always already dissected them. Let's go and meet Manjunath, who's joining us from Bangalore. Hi Manju, welcome to the Eureka Moment. Thank you for joining us from Bangalore. Wild Trails, what an interesting startup. Would you like to describe it? Good morning, Sujita. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, Wild Trails is, uh, see, the, the whole company started based on the sightings. We call Wild Trails as the sighting platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do is we collect the sightings across all national parks and tiger rivers across India. And we mm-hmm. actually show that we run the algorithms, artificial intelligence algorithms, and actually tell people, if you want to see a particular animal, be it tiger, be it lion, whatever, and be uh, during season, what is the best park to go and see based on the historical sighting index? And we run artificial intelligence on that to predict where it's going to be. You can probably your probability of chances seeing is higher in a given part. Awesome. And what an interesting, interesting idea. When did this idea generate? What was the Eureka moment of Wild Trails? It, the whole company itself is a Eureka moment for us, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> the perfect okay. title also. So what I right. was like, I'm a big, big, big into wildlife. So I've been mm. doing it for more than two decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, near Bangalore, there's a forest called Kabini, and there's Bangalore. Mm-hmm. So I used to keep visiting two, three times a year, and I could never see a tiger. This started all in 1998 kind of stuff. I oh. kept on going till 2008 and 2010. Uh, I could never see a tiger, and then I was so disappointed. One is it's so time-consuming, it's so expensive, and then you want to see, right? Mm-hmm. So then. What I did is, uh, this is before the uh, uh, mobile era, so mm-hmm. I used to call them on the landline, all the naturalists and tell them, please tell me when you see a tiger so that I can mark it on my calendar. So mm-hmm. like I started marking all these on my calendar and they started seeing is there a pattern. Then started running, and after like doing a lot of analysis and uh, stuff, I figured out, I think there's a pattern. Then I, based on the pattern, I put a date, okay, I'm going to visit at this date and see, I'll see or not, right? Actually, I saw, I repeated this process of several years and I was successful every time after that then i then i realized there is a pattern so mm-hmm. the wild trails was born out of this actually the, figuring out this pattern based on the mm-hmm. sighting helping travelers like me to mm-hmm. see their favorite animal in the forest that's the awesome. whole device of wild trails awesome awesome that's brilliant so you started wild trails in 2016 september and we are currently 2019 october what is the kind of response uh, you have been getting in terms of you know getting the people uh, you know go through wild trails to you know see uh, to see the their favorite wildlife animal I mean, whoever knows, uh, they swear by this product. This is awesome, actually. So, this mm-hmm. will, remember, like, this is like today data. Everything is data. Nobody, there is no platform today. Yes. Anywhere, anywhere, which gives you citing information 
about yes. the past in India like we are doing, right? Mm-hmm. So when we started, we are the first. Even today, after years, we are the only one who does it. What transformation that happened is we used to put the raw data three years back. Today we put the predictable index. We run artificial intelligence algorithms on all these data, and then we put. something called the sighting index which gives you probability of a hey, if i want to go to bandipur or nagarwale now in november or december of this year what are my chances of seeing tiger right that that question we are answering now compared to 3 years back so that's the scaling we have done and almost everybody now wants to see these sightings what's going on before actually they go there right and the amazing research which was published in times of india is we actually there is something called a black panther here extremely famous in kabini mm-hmm. the sighting is extremely low so we did this uh, sighting survey we, we actually figured out from our artificial intelligence that algorithm that it appears two three days around that new moon and full moon the sighting chances wow. of that during this time is rises to 80% as compared to 2% in other days now it has wow. become such a rage in wildlife forests that they actually on the calendar they mark their full moon and new moon based on those times they actually go to the forest to sight a black panther wow that must be uh, manju a lot of groundwork that's needed to get you know this accuracy uh what is the kind of data that you and your team goes out collecting to get the data accurate you know do you, do you constantly be on the ground what kind of team you have what is the kind of team that you're building so what we did is initially when you wanted to do it we picked one forest and i used to go almost every day to record the sightings or call the naturalist write down their sheet of paper everything once you were started working right we built a very very quickly we built a app remember the iphone the mobile phones came and it was prevalent now it became really easier for me so i built a app specifically for the naturalists who actually go into the forest every day all they have to do is like click click abc click click done in 2 seconds i get all the report uh, Reporting from every national park, recorded mm-hmm. from that small mobile app into our database here. Wow! Mm-hmm. And then once they're all done, right? My mm-hmm. algorithm start working day and night to find the patterns. Mm-hmm. And what is the kind of team that you have that supports you in doing this? So we have two types of team. One is one which works within the office, basically data analysis, data intelligence, and kind of stuff. Another team is all spread out in all the forests. We work with all the naturalists and the and the safari guides who are they or whom you see in every forest when you go on a safari. Right? All of these people actually do crowd crowd sourcing or naturalist sourcing of data from these forests. So all of the team, all of them, I work with all of them. At least fifty of them across fifty tiger reserves in India, right? And I work with all of them and they. send data every day uh, religiously diligently every morning every evening every day for the 365 days whenever the park is open uh, they send all the data and uh, this data is in our repository and our algorithms work on it Mm-hmm. and uh, because you know this is not uh, this is something that also requires time it also this is also something that requires a certain amount of funding uh where do you stand currently you are bootstrapped you're using your own funds but how do you intend to take it further how do you manage the money part uh, that's a tough question so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, so funding is unfortunately for all the companies uh, just the interest and the result of mm. the impact alone doesn't mm. matter right you need to have mm. 
uh, money to run the company. So we had to convert these sightings into monetization. So we thought, how do we do? How do we do? Because the value, we were not able to sell the value per se. People see the value. So we started booking trips based on that, right? Mm-hmm. So people see the sightings, and then based on that, they book the trips, and we make certain money through the trips. That's one way of monetization. The second mm-hmm. way, of course, we funded. Third one is we want to scale now beyond India around the wildlife world, right? Africa is mm-hmm. a mega wildlife. So when we mm-hmm. go to VCs, right, it's a tough sell. People, mm-hmm. see, they, are, they don't support. See, they are more like a money. I don't call them VCs. They are all money lenders per se. Mm-hmm. So all they want, if I give ten rupees, how can I get hundred rupees? Yes. That's all. I mean, it's like whether you give gold to them or whether you give a product which sells, same thing for them. So yeah. I don't see uh, a community where they want to encourage these kind of uh, companies where you don't have a replica in the rest of the world. If you yes. have a replica, then it becomes a bit more easier to sell for the VC. Otherwise, all they say, yeah, there's an amazing idea. You are onto something beautiful, a lot of claps, a lot of pat on the back, but no mm-hmm. money. So it's been oh, tough right now to raise money. Uh, we mm-hmm. are managing with the monetization what I told you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's tough. It's a really tough to be frank for new novel ideas like us. But mm-hmm. uh, but the path continues. One of the good things is uh, uh, this is the area which I love. This area which is close to my heart. This mm-hmm. area which I wanted to solve for myself. So that mm-hmm. me going even under the down times. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, who do you, if you can, like you said, there's no replica for a model like this. But uh, uh, would you say do you have any competitor in the market, com- you know, in the wildlife startup space? Uh, so the way I see competition is like uh, right now there's no direct competition. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I feel that if you, a lot of people don't even know about us, if there's enough marketing budget to market, I think we yeah. can become a de facto standard uh, for wildlife. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way I am seeing competition right now is if they don't come to me, mm-hmm. how else they book the wildlife? Right, that's my competition right now. So the my 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 this thing is how do I convert from the age old going to some travel agent who books a wildlife? They have no clue where which park. They have no clue which zone. They have no clue which uh, safari mode they have to use. They just go and they mm. come back and say, oh, I was lucky. I saw the tiger. I was unlucky. I didn't see anything. So mm. there's no intelligence, no knowledge. Mm. How do I convert that kind of a tourism into highly knowledgeable tourism where they go through wild trails? So that's the challenge. Mm. So for me, competition is how do I make that person know about me? Awesome. And also because wildlife is, you know, wildlife uh, is something that do you feel it's a very niche market compared to, you know, you know, other areas because it's something that might come in the luxury space as well. True, it's a niche market, but yeah. how do you define niche? So if I say that in India, right, we have yeah. 1.2 billion population out of which only like not even 20 million, 30 million go to this particular wildlife, then it's a niche market based on the size mm. of the population. Mm. But if you consider the size of the money, right, for example, right, the whole wildlife tourism market across the world is 350 billion. Mm. It's India and Africa, which we are working right now, we expanded Africa also, which we work mm. with with India and Africa, which is approximately comes to $40 billion, right? Mm-hmm. And if you consider, say, food market, where there's a Swiggy and other people play, just 18 billion market. So mm-hmm. actually, the market per se is much, much bigger than that market. So in that, it's not a, in that way, it's not a niche. Mm-hmm. You consider the number by population is a niche market, but I still feel a lot of, I basically play to the top 5 to 10 percent of Indians where most of their bucket list is like, I want to visit a wildlife. Yes. 
the 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 five to ten percent of the Indian market uh, who have to you know uh, who have this in their bucket list. But tell me something, Manju. What is the kind of costings that you have kept for every on an average? What kind of costings do you have when one wants to take wildlife? Uh, so wildlife in India is uh, uh, wildlife is a slightly expensive uh, proposition compared to other uh, vacations. Yeah. Uh, but I, I said it was the top ten percent of India whom I cater to. Not a big mm. deal. Number one. Yeah. Number two, yeah. you're talking about approximately say like thirty, forty thousand rupees uh, for two nights for two people. Uh, mm. uh, is what generally cost them actually uh, to mm. go to a wildlife vacation in India. And mm. if they want to go to Kenya, Tanzania, or Africa, it approximately mm. costs around. Uh, Three thousand uh, dollars, excluding the airfare, two to three thousand dollars for five, six nights kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the kind of money we are talking about here. That's a budget that takes up because it's a uh, two, three parts in the wildlife. You have to pay the forest, you have to pay the safari, you have to pay the hotels which are maintained in the jungle, transport uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. In two years, tell me something, Manju. In two years, what has been your biggest challenge besides? I don't know if funding is the challenge for you, but besides that, has there been any other challenge that you face in a startup like Wild Trails? Uh, I mean, of course, number one was like funding, basically, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, very mm-hmm. tough to raise for some uh, innovative ideas like this in India. Uh, besides, besides that, the number two is the marketing challenge. Uh, okay. In today's world, with uh, so much of digital noise everywhere, yes. right? Yes. Trying to yes. communicate yes. a message to a person. Trying to make mm-hmm. that process is extremely tough, and not only mm-hmm. is it extremely tough, it has become extremely expensive also. Everything is today money. There is yes. no way nobody will do anything free unless you show them the money. So that's mm-hmm. again back to money per se. So that's the second. But having said that, having said that, right, we still have made good news and good revenues for for, for various reasons. Good news because we were able to do a lot of scientific research on the pattern and sightings, everything, which gets published. Uh, we didn't spend any money, but it still get published. A lot of people notice us actually, so that's getting us. So never, these are the two challenges we faced, but nevertheless we are uh, moving forward um, uh, and uh, doing good. We are decently good in revenues also. And what is the kind of vision that you see for your startup? Where do you see that you know uh, currently at the moment? What is the vision, and how do you see your vision getting redefined as you get into the next couple of years? So my vision is our vision as a company is very clear. How can we bring wildlife and sightings across the world? See, we have not covered South America. We have not covered complete Africa. We have not mm. covered ocean animals like the whale migration, the mm. uh, the, uh, the white bears uh, and dolphins, nothing like that. Right, polar bears, nothing mm. like that. So my vision is how can I map the whole wildlife world of this earth into one mm. place? So people can figure out, you know, at what point of time, what month, what season, where I go, I see what, mm. right? So I want yes. to bring the platform. That's my vision. So what do I do in the next two, three years? I'm going location by location deep. We covered India completely. Now we have gone to Africa in the last few months. We have mm. covered Kenya and Tanzania, and slowly mm. we'll cure Botswana, Uganda, Ethiopia, South Africa. We'll figure we figure out Africa completely. Then we go on. South America. So the vision is step by step. How can we go geographically do that? And also while doing that, the mission is how can we be so leanly built so that we don't spend too much money through our pocket, but still make little profit so that we can sustain our growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow, that's a huge vision. Mapping from India to Africa, then you're targeting America, then you know, and you're sort of trying to cover the entire world. Yes. Have you figured out the kind of funds that you might need as you scale up in the process? 
Yes, we are aware of it. We actually did the whole five-year, uh, the UAE company does that, five-year completed projection of every expense, every marketing uh, programs and every revenues we can get kind of stuff. And we also figured out how much money we need. Uh, that's mm-hmm. how we go to the VC saying that, you know what, this is my next five-year plan and mm-hmm. this is what I will reach if you infuse money at this point of time. So mm-hmm. that's what we are uh, we're doing. We are, to be, if you want a number, I can tell you, we are actually looking for a million dollar investment and mm-hmm. uh, we are looking it across the world. I mean, not really from India, like we are also pitching this to some of the wildlifers. So this is uh, in the US and UK, there are many wildlifers, uh, rich wildlifers, let me say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're pitching that to them and see whether anybody's interested. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Tell me something, Manju, how tough is it to get funds when it comes to uh, any startup? What is that one thing that they should look out for while they're pitching for to a VC? See, I, as I told you before, you should consider VC. So there's a lot of uh, uh, perception, wrong perception in the startup community, which I know. Mm. Right? Mm. What they mm. think is VC is somebody who's going to encourage you to become big. Mm. Right? That's wrong, actually. I think people should say we should see we see more like a money lender. How can you take his one rupee and make it ten rupee in? Uh, <laughs> seriously. So once that mindset changes, right? Yeah. <laughs> once that mindset changes, right? Now you mm. start evaluating. Oh, how can I buy product? Give me, give me. 10 times returns in next seven years. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think that there should be a, there should be a huge mindset because we, we have been so, we read all the books from the US, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we get influenced by the US books, their thinking, their terminology, what are VCs, how the companies work. We read Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Facebook. Then you go to Indian VCs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then there's a totally different way of thinking. So then you yeah. get Pointed. So, like, what I've learned in three years is, uh, man, let me let me consider VC as a money lender. Yeah. <laughs> now I am tuning my pitch deck, saying that if I take one rupee from you, can I give ten rupees back to you in seven years? If I if mm. I cannot do myself, right? Mm. I don't know. I don't think he will he will put money. Mm. So the encouragement, the hallucination. I think we should get rid of startup founders. I'm telling everybody, get rid of all these hallucinations completely. Mm. If you are pitching in India for a VC, think about like a money lender. How can I put my product in a space where I can take one rupee and give ten rupees in seven years? Very simple formula. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Manju. You've done a couple of startups. Um, I just want your advice and opinion on what you think. What you think about ninety percent of the startups failing? Uh, so just give a small introduction. This is my fourth startup. Uh, yes. Who got acquired and uh, uh, made good money? That's what. That's where the funding, initial funding, comes from. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want, you want to elaborate on the one that got acquired and made money? And two got acquired. One was uh, a joint venture which we did with a US company that got acquired by HP in Europe. Mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. one was I did alone uh, called a seven software. Uh, mm-hmm. Ran it six years successfully. Then it got acquired by Blue Coat in the Valley. Um, mm-hmm. Very good amount of money there. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, uh, then uh, started a uh, artificial intelligence company in uh, mobile security. It was a little too early uh, for the AI. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'll come. I'll elaborate on that why. Huh? So mm-hmm. that's why. And uh, now I got into wildlife, which is my close to my heart. So coming back to the nine out of ten fail. Um, mm-hmm. So I was telling like why one of my companies failed. Um, I also. Yeah. Where this is this is like let's see this entrepreneurship is more like a movie business. I mean, you are from Mumbai, you know that. Yeah. yeah. All you when you start when the movie start uh, start for the production, right? For the shooting, yeah. every yes. movie actually is going to be successful, right? Yeah. It has the right yeah. cast, it has the right story, everything. But you yeah. see, right, how it slowly change and things matter. All by the time they release, right? 
nine out of ten mm-hmm. movies fail in spite of all the things you have in the movie. The formula yeah. is perfect because they know the formula. They have perfected the formula. The mm-hmm. lot of things, luck sometimes play a role. Timing sometimes play a role. For example, right? I did my I7 network, which was a artificial intelligence based uh, mobile security in 2013. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about artificial intelligence then. Right, mm-hmm. so to convince people how it helps, and by the time I close and after one year, everybody is talking about artificial intelligence. So timing matters. Like uh, they say, you cannot be too early, you cannot be too late. Mm-hmm. Right? Also, yes. perseverance. Right? When you mm-hmm. run, you might yes. be the best runner. You might you might run mm-hmm. really fast, hundred meters, two hundred meters, but mm-hmm. this is like a marathon. When you are running, right, a lot of things enter your mind, right, mm-hmm. uh, and your body. Like either the body or the mind will fail for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Those are the reasons why your company fails because a lot of challenges. So my my advice to most of the startup entrepreneurs is like uh, I always tell them: do solve a problem that is close to your heart and which you desperately want to solve. Yeah. What happens, right? You you will hit down times in your company for sure. Mm. When you hit down times, right, your passion carries you forward. Yeah. If you don't have the passion for the problem you are solving, right, you will quit. Awesome. Awesome. So that's one of the main reasons I feel like uh, uh, solve the problem which is close to your heart, solve the problem which you desperately want to solve. Everything else somehow falls in place. Awesome, awesome. Start only a startup where you have a passion for solving the problem. That is so brilliant, uh, Manju. Tell me the first thing that you know a person should do when they said, "Okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go and do the startup." Good question. After four four companies, I'll tell you. So I think first rule number one, I always say them is, uh, uh, hey, do only if you're passionate about the problem. If you yes. you know issues you are facing because of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. You are the sufferer, or you know very closely the sufferer because of the problem. Yeah. Next is next is that is that is sufficient but not enough. The second mm-hmm. thing is find out how big the problem is because. Mm-hmm. What is your ambition? Is your ambition just to solve the problem without you expecting a huge monetary uh, mm-hmm. return? All those things you should worry because if the market is not big, right? So you yeah. can solve the problem, but you might not get the big of monetary benefit. But you'll be happy mm-hmm. because you solve mm-hmm. the problem, right? You should mm-hmm. think about it. Is it are you looking for more big monetary benefit? Or are you looking for just solving the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Then the third one is you should be clear about the funding. I mean, like if you want funding to survive, right? If you're really yeah. looking for it, apply mm-hmm. the money lender formula I told you before. Mm-hmm. You take one rupee, you should be able to give ten rupees in seven years. Mm-hmm. You sure about that, right? Yes. Otherwise, mm-hmm. these are not going to waste time on you, mm-hmm. right? So these yeah, three absolutely. things. And the fourth thing is again go back to that. Can you do? Can you survive with the minimal funds you get every month? Mm-hmm. I will guarantee you that even if you even if you work on diamonds as a startup, your returns will be minuscule in the yeah. beginning. So first yeah. three months is going to be very painful. So be mentally prepared that you know I am not going to have a great lifestyle like my like my colleagues who are working in big MNCs and getting fat paychecks. Yes. So these are some of the four things I say. Hey, if you are ready for all these things, jump in. Otherwise, have a great life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's that's that that's a great advice, Manju. Tell me, developing the grit. you know to continue despite everything you have done your four startups one has failed where does the grit come from that okay and do you also plan to do another startup after this uh, no i think uh, serial entrepreneurship is a disease actually i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like quitting smoking you quit very often yeah <laughs> 
when you are undergoing the pain of the startup, right? You will always say, this is my last startup. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. But the, 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 the ending is so sweet many a time. For example, right, the amount you make, the richness, the fortune, the fame you make, is actually takes care of everything else. It's like climbing the Mount Everest. It's so tough to climb the Mount Everest. I'm sure whoever climbed every point of time when there's a wind, there's a snowfall, there's a storm coming, they'll say, like, I'm never climbing again in my life. But when you go to the top of the, I'm sure when they go to the top of the mount and they put their flag, I'm going to say, they're going to say, I'm going to come back in next one year. <laughs> so that, that feeling, I mean, if you are like, if adrenaline runs high for the result, the mm. journey becomes beautiful. Whatever uh, thing comes against you, you will find a way to oppose it, stand it and go forward. So you should think of the result. I mean, the problem is people have not, many people have not seen, especially today startup founders, many people have not seen the result, end result. Uh, this is the first startup and they're still in the, the media, the fame kind of stuff, but they don't, haven't seen the end result. So if you have seen like me, you actually that energizes for the next ones. Mm, absolutely. What are your thoughts on startup India? <laughs> tough, very mm-hmm. tough compared to US and other countries. Uh, the reason is, um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of uh, I mean, people don't know about this part, uh, the non-fancy part of startups. Uh, there are too many regulations in India, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. uh, too many paperwork and too many departments bothering you and all those things. As a CEO, you are thinking, I'm going to solve this big problem for this next generation of Indian millennials, all those things. But mm-hmm. be prepared, 70% of your time will go on regulations. Oh my God! Fill that paper. You have to fill this. You get small funding. RBI knocks your door. If you get small funding from Indians, IT is going to knock your door. For small small things, you'll get 10 to 12 notices every now and then. So be prepared. So that's uh, that's the reality of doing on India. And then uh, nobody bothers you once after all the initial euphoria of a startup. Uh, you will be doing a lot of grinding. So be prepared for that. And you should think, I mean, you should know and then jump. I'm not discouraging people, but it's mm. better to know and then jump into what you're jumping into, per se. How does your day look like? What do you get up and do the first thing? And how does it go about? How do you go about the rest of the day? Frankly, I get up four every day morning for a for the hot cup of coffee, to be frank. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So after the hot cup of coffee is done, I basically list all the items I have to do, achieve for the day. I just like one, two, three. Four, five, five, six. So I usually get 10 to 12 items I have to finish. So I'll wrap up. I mean, by the day I start that and I'll wrap up all 12 of them by the end of the day, by the evening, then I hit the gym and then go home and sleep. So that's my usual day. Awesome. And do you think that uh, wildlife uh, trails, uh, wild trails or uh, anything in the wildlife space will become slightly more accessible to general people out there? That's our goal. That's our goal, actually. So yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of people who say that, oh, I don't want to go because it's so complicated. I don't understand. Even mm. today, to a large extent, it is like the rest of the world. Uh, you mm. can give it a try if you want to. It's so painful. So my go- vision, actually, one of the visions also is like, can a common people go and enjoy wildification without yes. bothering too much, right? Yes. That's yes. what we're working on. So every tool we did, we do today, right? Yeah. Every, yeah. every feature we had, we think, how is it going to help a common man? Yes. How is it going to make it convenient for him to book a wildlife? So we expect in a year or two, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially with all the social media and all the glare about experiential travel becoming huge. I think yeah. it from, it, from a niche, it's going to become mainstream. In, yes. in take two or three years, I can bet my bet what I'm going to tell. It, the niche is going to become a mainstream in two, three years. Absolutely. That would be brilliant because then a lot of people would have access to living rather than just struggling to survive and perhaps, you know, have more experience of life than just, you know, 
earning their daily bread every month and just passing by life. Yes. Thank you so much, Manju, for your time. Uh, it was a great conversation. I really hope a lot of people benefit out of this with your knowledge and with your experience on startups. Hope so. I, am, I hope whatever I told will benefit a lot of people uh, to actually be a little bit more careful and prepared to jump into startups. And again, thank you so much for your time and giving me this opportunity. Uh, really appreciate it. I think I'm just going to go and log into wildtrails.in and see if I can chase a lion or a cheetah or an elephant. Way better than chasing a human, getting out of the human demeanor for a bit. You can rate us on Apple, you can rate us on Google, you can go and check us on GeoSavan, Spotify, every possible podcasting platform. And if you wish to share your story of innovation, you can connect with us on Epilogue Media website. If you wish to share any feedback, you can do the same. And uh, you can also follow us on our Twitter handles, Epilogue Media and Metaphysical Lab, same on Instagram. Next week, we have a social entrepreneur from Bihar who's won a lot of awards on for his innovation, for his social entrepreneurship. Uh, you can catch us next week for that. I'm your host, Suchita, signing off.